25-yard line. I am your host, Steve Johnson, here with you for another week of fantasy football conversation with my good friend Grant Freeman, who is here with me. Grant, what is going on? How are we doing? How, how, how's your week going? Are, are you ready to, to head into week six? I'm Seven, super, six. It is six. It's week six. six. It's week six. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, still currently 5-0 and in our uh, Dynasty League that uh, you were talking so much, so much, so much crap about all week. But uh, yeah. here I am. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that league on the show this week, I don't think. You may not want to, but I'm all uh-huh. for it. Yep, yep. I uh, I got handed defeat by the uh, best team in the league, which was not you. <laughs> but uh, can I just tell you, I don't think I've told you this at all yet. So last week we recorded the show. We we got our Chris Carson news while we were recording the show. We, we typically record on Thursday nights. This week we're recording on Wednesday, so this won't be happening to me this week. But we typically record on, on Thursdays. We got our Chris Carson news. And I thought to myself, well, I I think I already benched him, but I'm going to go check as soon as we're done recording. We finished recording. I went to, to getting the show edited, getting it ready to get posted. And I checked my lineup as soon as I was done editing the show, which was about five to ten minutes after <laughs> the game started. And guess who was sitting in my starting lineup? Oh, you mean Chris Carson was? The one and only Chris Carson. Do you want to know how many points I lost by in that league this week? Guess it's the difference of points that Chris Carson could have gotten you. Uh, no, it's worse. I lost by one point. Literally, no. Any, any, any player, player on my bench. Any the, player. Any player on my bench. I didn't even have to think hard about it. If oh I had swapped gosh. him out for any one player, if I had moved him to flex and put any running back or wide receiver on my team into oh that my spot, gosh. I would have won the week. So that's Dude, how that's I'm brutal. doing this week, Grant. That's brutal. Well, coming up today on the show, we are going to talk about bye weeks. It's our first week yep. of NFL buys. This is the first week that you're going to have players with planned absences. These yeah. aren't your unexpected injuries. You knew these were coming all season. I hope you prepared for them, but if you didn't, we're here to hold your hand through it and we're going to get through this bi-week journey together but before we get there we've got some news to hit we got some news london game again this week early start time once again Not early start time so this week it's the dolphins and jags how are you feeling about the london game i mean I asked you the same question that I asked you last week. Are you really going to get up to actually watch this game? Uh, I might. I'm, I'm pretty so so for the la- for last week's game, I literally set an alarm for about I think 6 a.m. just to double check my lineup. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I turned on NFL Network cuz I got a TV in my room and for the game and uh then I fell back asleep with the game on. Nice. Yeah, that's about right. I so my, my dog typically wakes me up at like seven on Sundays. I never set an alarm because he's real good about waking me up. And this was the one week he decided he wanted to sleep in. So I missed the first <laughs> half of the game. I woke up and my dog is still passed out. And <laughs> the game is late in the second quarter. So I did manage to catch the second half. Nice. But, you know, I'm going to make the same plan this week. Wilson's going to get to decide how much of this game I watched. <laughs> 
Uh, Dolphins, Jags, though, if if you have those players going, obviously make sure that you yep. check your lineups late Saturday night. Yep. If you have players that are questionable, that, that may be going, that may not be going, then set your lineup to plan for whatever yep. the most likely scenario is and do your best to get up. If you're on the East Coast, that's a lot easier to do than if you're on the <laughs> West Coast. But, uh, yeah, just a reminder, it's an early game. Christian McCaffrey, game time decision again this week. Any, I mean, any difference in attitude on how you're handling this situation as opposed to previous weeks, given how the last few weeks have gone? I mean, I almost, it almost feels more like he's less unlikely to play than a game time decision. Cause that's what it, like they, the, the Panthers used the same terminology last week and then they ruled him out on, I think, Saturday afternoon. So it it's becoming more and more as kind of this injury goes on that realistically, unless you see him with like a clean designation, I wouldn't expect him to probably be playing. Yep. Follow it closely. Plan on, on Hubbard or another running back. Otherwise, always be ready. Uh, just a piece of advice that we've gone over in the past before. But if Christian McCaffrey is slated to potentially start in your lineup, throw him in your flex spot so you have options. He, uh, once again, and the fantasy gods are just being kind to us this season. It's a it's a 10 a.m. Sunday kickoff, 1, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. So it's an early game. So keep an eye on it. Make sure you get up and check yep. your oh, check, check your injury reports. Yep. But again, if he hasn't logged a bunch of practices, you're probably not feeling comfortable with it now this one's a big one russell wilson who has never missed a game in his career due to injury or any other reason 178 games played he is the picture of consistency for your team yep is out four to eight weeks with a fracture and dislocation of a finger in addition to a torn tendon Yep. Right now they're talking week 10 return. Geno Smith, <laughs> who is still in the NFL, is going to be in his place. So what does this do for the Seattle offense? I mean, everybody takes a hit because Geno Smith really hasn't played a real football game since he was last starting quarterback for the New York football Jets. Um, which even then maybe his starting saying that he was starting for a real football team was questionable since it was the Jets. <laughs> so, I mean, really in the long run, Lockett probably takes a hit most. I think DK Metcalf will still figure out a way to stay fantasy relevant over the next few weeks. As for the run game, you may see them lean heavily, more heavily on it than they have previously. So you may see a slight bump to Alex Collins and Chris Carson whenever he comes back healthy. Um, But if you are a Seahawks fan and if you are a fantasy owner or any of those players, one thing that does seem to be a bright spot is the fact that the way that the doctors and the team is talking makes it seem like it's only going to be four weeks. Um, It sounds like the way that the the surgery went um, and kind of the post-op survey of it, really seems like it 
it's going to be four weeks, and even Russell Wilson obviously is going to do as much as he can to try and get back out in four weeks. Um, so I guess right now, if you're a Seahawks fan, you continue to hold out hope that it's only going to be four weeks. But if you're a fantasy owner, you're probably – I don't think you're not starting – DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, but they definitely become serious downgrades in overall quality. Yeah, you're just expecting less from them. Do you want to know? I pulled up Geno Smith's career stats to uh, further further give you hope. Over 42 career games, he has a career completion percentage of 57.9%, which is actually higher than I expected. Which that's actually like kind of like moderately good it's not it's not it's not good but it's more than half i mean for Geno smith it's good right 30 touchdowns to 37 interceptions 6.8 yards per attempt which is also higher than i would have expected so i think the apocalypse has not arrived in full for the seattle seahawks offense but you're right. It's a huge downgrade, huge downgrade. The benefit of being a player like DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett is that you have big playability. Yep. So you don't need 16, 18 good throws from Geno Smith to get some fantasy value. The problem is they might only be getting four to five good targets, yeah. clean targets each so watch that closely but this this is a hit for seattle this you know felt like a division that even though the records have not quite caught up in the nfc west it felt like if there were a division that now that it is theoretically possible in the nfl with a seventh seed in in the playoffs that if there was a division that were ever going to send four teams to the playoffs it felt like maybe it could be the nfc west this year and I'm just that's just not gonna happen with Geno nope. Smith as a quarterback. Mark my words, it will not happen. Nope. Moving on to Dalvin Cook, late scratch on Sunday. What can you tell us about his current situation as it pertains to this coming week? I mean, Dalvin Cook was one of those guys that going into last week, it seemed like everything was fine. There wasn't really he was still, I think showing up as a probable on the injury report but there really wasn't any thought that he was going to be a scratch until um officially speaking he was still questionable because probable hasn't existed in like five years but Uh, but we all expected him to play right yeah and i think even the vikings expected him to play so it was really surprising when i think at like 9 a.m pacific that news came in that he was going to be a scratch um again it's like we it's like we said last week dalvin cook with a healthy tagline is still questionable and you're still not really confident in it until you actually see him with no injury designation Mm -hmm. you gotta be aware that he could potentially be a scratch come sunday morning and you need to be ready to to plan around that yeah, especially because it's an ankle injury and so much of what he does is just how yep. well he moves with the ball, exactly. moves through contact, makes makes players miss. He's just such an agile, mobile player. He He's not necessarily the guy that's just going to run you over, 
nope. and and lower his shoulder. So he he really needs to be able to make those cuts. Yeah, and I, I I would like to see him healthy. I actually don't own him in any leagues this season, which feels good this year. But you know, yeah, we'll see. I don't He's the, I don't own him, but I own Madison in at least one. So that's that's working out good for you. Enjoying it. Well, after the the glorious beginning to the Trey Lance era in San Francisco, it appears it may have been cut short by a knee sprain. Update us on Trey Lance. I mean, the good thing is, if there is a good thing, it's coming right at the bye week for the Niners. Um, so the Niners have a bye week this week, which we'll get into later. So. As for Trey Lance, it gives him an opportunity to really just take a week off and actually rest and um, not do a ton on it. As for where this stands for next week, I think you're it's going to be – you're going to hope that there's great progress this week on the bye week leading into next week. Um, but, I mean – if he's starting, like I think you got to roll with him because of the fact that he just his value as both a runner and a passer is just too high. Mm. So you want to know where sample sizes are super fun? Go for and, it. And and I totally agree with you there. Uh, Geno Smith has a higher career completion <laughs> con- percentage than Trey Lance. So take that, Niners fans. <laughs> Although Lance does hold the better touchdown to interception ratio i believe <laughs> three touchdowns to, he does three touchdowns to one interception <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what the career leads to there couple most couple more stories to get to and this one not as a person who owns him in any leagues because i don't for this very reason but saquon barkley is again injured he yeah. dealing with the injury to start the season wasn't healthy got healthy and lit the field up and now he's gone again walk us through what's happening in new york with running back saquon barkley yeah so it's an ankle sprain he ended up stepping i think on his own player's ankle um and immediately uh was hobbling to the sideline and Almost instantaneously, the next thing you saw from the from the from the game was him with the shoe off, and his ankle had ballooned up to the size of like a baseball. Um, yeah, it did not look pretty. If you're a Saquon owner, it's it's been a rough go for you because there's some of you that have maybe stuck with him through the injury because you know of the talent, but just the rate at which injuries keep happening just continues to really be more and more frustrating because he can't stay healthy on the field. So, I mean, it's a big upside to Devonte Booker. Cause I don't know, depending on Daniel Jones's health, I don't know if they really trust Mike Glennon throwing the ball a whole lot um, in that offense. And, but until, but I think you're going to see Saquon unfortunately miss some extended time again, just because they're going to try to be careful with him. So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I think you you nailed it with the the balance of frustration versus Saquon's ability. 
because the hesitation and my hesitation this year on Saquon, the reason I don't have him in any leagues is I, I love him. I think he is such a good running back and watching him play. He he's one of those rare running backs that you only yeah. see every once in a while. Oh yeah. It almost reminds me of, of, of kind of like a Barry Sanders play style where he can outrun you. He can juke you or oh, yeah. he can just run you over depending on the angle you take, depending on how you try to tackle him. He, he can really do it all. He's that good of a player oh, and no. he's just not on the field enough. And I, I feel for him because he's only 24. Yeah, that is, that is a young man whose body is just failing him. He's only 24. Uh, on he's had a, he's had a, I think he tore an ACL in year one and then had the Achilles injury last year. And it's just, just can't, just can't stay on the field. And what's, what's so frustrating too, is it's like freak, it's freak plays. Like this year was just accidentally stepping on his own player, on his own teammate. Last year it was, had a clean breakout run and just got hit funny and tore the Achilles. So it's like, it's, it's so frustrating. The, uh, the, I've got his injury history here and it's a long one actually. It, um, so even going back to college, it was a uh, 2016 had a, a a grade one sprain or pull, which I honestly don't know what all the grades are. I will ask my wife when she gets home and update you guys later. 2015 also in college was uh, a grade two ankle sprain. And then 2018, a sprain in the ankle 2019 in the NFL a sprain in the ankle 2020 uh he tore his acl and mcl yeah both in in that and so he just his knees his ankles keep quitting so when he's on the field when he's healthy you have to start him but this is the story of saquon barkley if you can get half a season out of him you're doing really good Something else that you you mentioned there is Daniel Jones had a major injury this year too, yeah. and that's that's kind of been overshadowed by how serious this Saquon Barkley news is. But Daniel Jones was carted off the field. That concussion it, was scary. Yes, yes, it did not look good. There were a couple. I, Joe Burrow I had one too. Like of I, quarterbacks I taking hits. The, the Daniel Jones one was the one that scared me most because he got up and, like, tried to walk. And I don't know why, like, referee, teammate, nobody, like, tried to keep him down until somebody came over to look at him because he took that – he took a full-blown, like, headshot straight from the defender and then just tried to get up like nothing was wrong. And then within two, three feet of walking away was, like, nearly toppled over. It had to be like us, like held up. Yeah, scary stuff. So he is practicing in limited capacity, non-contact. Joe Judge says that he's progressing, progressing well through the concussion protocol. So maybe he plays on Sunday. But even still, like I just after a after a shot like that, like I would want to at least take an extra week to make sure that my quarterback was okay. Yeah, and especially with the quarterback position, you just can't be too careful. And I, I want to correct myself. He officially did not practice. He was there in an observational role, although he <laughs> was in full pads and throwing a ball off to the side. So he didn't practice. He just put pra- pads on 
and threw a ball at football practice. So <laughs> let's make sure our stories are accurate here. Uh, one more injury news to get to is Juju Smith-Schuster season-ending injury. Yep. Do you care about the... I mean, obviously, we care in the terms of this is a human being that got hurt, and that's a, a, a huge moment for him. But our job is to analyze it from a fantasy perspective. Does this matter in terms of fantasy? I mean, more than anything, it's probably just an uptick to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool's value. Um, probably even an uptick to Najee Harris's uh, value as well as when Juju did miss that. Uh, as when Juju did miss that game, uh, Harris took the bulk of those passes that he probably would have had. Yeah, really, well, that's like, true. Deontay Johnson was also not there that game. That's true. But the point stands. It's it's one less mouth yep. defeat in Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, Claypool is the one that I think benefits the most from this because so Deontay Johnson is getting the targets. The ball, the, that offense, the passing game runs through Deontay Johnson. And Juju Without and Claypool, obviously – not in that order. Claypool followed by Juju are, are the next two pieces of that offense in their own respective yep. roles. That's just one, one less person to catch the ball. That's not named chase Claypool. I honestly, at this point, I might be trying to trade to get Claypool. You may have missed yeah. it because he's had two good weeks now. Yep. After, after a couple bad weeks, but uh, I really like him. Can I, can I tell you though, this, this is the conversation I walked by at work today and I interjected myself into, which I know is rude, but <laughs> it just kind of slipped out of my mouth. And uh, it, it, I, I didn't think I was welcome in the conversation. So I immediately left, but I, I heard two guys talking, never met these guys before in my life, but I heard one guy ask his buddy, Deontay Johnson or Kadarius Tony rest of season. <laughs> I just like I like blurted out Deontay Johnson, no question. It's not close. <laughs> and then he started fighting me on it, and I was like, "All right, never mind." <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I sorry, I forced my way into your conversation that it's I like, wasn't wait, invited you, to. Why but... are you Why are you asking for this opinion if you're just gonna fight me when I give you the opinion? Yeah, is it? I mean, but that that does show that you know the fact that that's even a conversation shows maybe. You know, not to apply one guy's opinion universally, but if there are some people in your league that think after Deontay Johnson had one bad game this season yeah. due to due to injury and game script and, and the Steelers and just not Tony good, had one good game. And Kadarius Tony had one good game. If like oh my gosh, if someone if a Deontay Johnson owner somewhere in the world is panicking, I would like their phone number and to join their league <laughs> because the Deontay Johnson is, is is going to be so good going yeah, forward. Rest of season, I really like him. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Well, let's move on to a couple more pieces of news. This one, this could be big. This could, you know, in the in the realm of the NFL as a whole, this is very big. We're going to do our best to talk about the fantasy implications on the show. But John Gruden has officially resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. There were some emails that were uncovered that we won't get into the content of, but. He, he was emailing things that a human being should not be emailing, let yep. alone someone in the public eye. Yep. And those emails were uncovered as a part of the investigation on the Washington football team owner, yep. Dan Snyder. And he went into a meeting 
and came out having resigned as head coach. I think yeah. we all know what that means is he was given the option for his exit to be his decision or the team's decision. And he, he chose that it was going to be his decision. And actually so, it sounds like, I think it sounds like he went into that meeting already intent on resigning. So I think he, he knew what was coming. And so, yeah, yeah. but anyways, we digress. I mean, so the interim head coach is rich Basakia. I'm pretty sure I just butchered that name. Um, as for the fantasy implications, it'll be interesting to see because I think John Gruden was mainly calling a lot of the offensive plays um, for that for the Raiders. So it'll be interesting to see if Rich takes over as the offensive play caller or if they go to an actual offensive coordinator in the time being. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, this week is going to be your tell. Um, I mean, he he was the special teams coordinator, so yeah. I would be shocked if he was calling plays. I would I would be too. And really, I you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give this at least a week, maybe two, to like for the dust to settle. Because I think team wise, it's a lot to have happen in one week, especially mm-hmm. in a week going into um, into a game, and two like. This literally happened in a span of less than like twelve hours. Um, yeah. All of this happening, um, so y- you're gonna have to you're gonna have to let the dust settle before we really know what kind of an impact this overall impact that this is gonna have on the Raiders as a whole. Yeah, their bye week is in week eight. I think there are two possible outcomes for this, and we don't know for sure which way it's going to go, but the team can either rally behind this situation, come together and continue to play well, which they've been playing well this year. As much as I don't think that they're a playoff team, the way their record set a couple weeks ago, uh, I think they've been playing well. Derek Carr has been balling out. I wish you would do that more to Darren Waller, but they've been balling out. They can either come together and stand together as a team and step up or they can fall apart without without leadership in the locker room. Derek Carr seems like a strong enough leader that he may be the guy yeah. the team looks to, and this could end up being really cool for the players of the team to uh, to stand together. But we don't know what's going to happen. I would not be making any major fantasy decisions based on this until nope. we know what happens. Yep. If you're freaked out and want to trade some of your players away, that's fine. But think about... Like Waller is not, he's been fine, but he hasn't been Darren Waller good. He's yeah. been good for a normal tight end, but he hasn't been Darren Waller. And he's, he's really the only guy on the team that you're relying on on a week to week basis. So it's not like he's going to get worse. And I, I really hope I don't end up eating those words. Right. But he either stays the same or gets better, in my opinion. So it's yeah. not like you, you need to get rid of him. Well, last and not, but not least, and this this heads into our main topic of the week is from this point through week fourteen, we're we're going to be just announcing what teams are on by, because yep. it is good to know some weeks have a few, some weeks have a lot, but this week, if you have any Falcons players, any Saints players, any Jets players, or any Forty ers players, you need to be looking elsewhere. And uh, making sure that you have planned for. Their yep. replacement. 
And the other thing, too, with bye weeks is if you had guys who were looking like they were going to potentially be injured this week, it gives an extra opportunity just to make sure that they get healthy, an extra week for them to get healthy. So you're, at this point, you're kind of enjoying it if you have yep. some of those guys like Trey Lance. Yep, 100%. All right, well, let's move on to our standout player of the week. This is where Grant and I highlight a player from the previous week's action who lit up the gridiron and went off. Helped your fantasy team win, hopefully. My standout player of the week this week is the tight end for the Baltimore Ravens, Mark Andrews. He caught 11 balls on 13 targets for 147 yards, two touchdowns, 41.7 fantasy points. This is who you drafted Mark Andrews to be. He uh, showed why two years ago he was considered to be one of the best tight ends in football, maybe the second best behind Travis Kelsey, maybe third behind George Kittle as well. But he has been considered to be an elite tight end for the past several years and had been slow at showing that this season. This is Mark Andrews' best game this season. And we'll see if we'll see if it stays the best game. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to top this, but if he can do this again, this is who you drafted Mark Andrews to be. 41.7 fantasy points. Won a lot of people their leagues this weekend, I think. Yep. My standout player of the week, give me the other guy. Give me the guy throwing Mark Andrews all of those touchdowns this week. Give me Lamar Jackson, 37 mm. of 43, 442 yards for four touchdowns. Wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop right there. Four touchdowns. Lamar Jackson's basically a running back. Those were all on the ground, right? <laughs> Uh, no, they actually weren't. That's that's what's shocking. Uh, he actually did score any on the ground, which is actually even more shocking. Um, but no, 14 rushes for 62 yards got you 41.88 fantasy points. Like Steven said, Mark Andrews really probably won you your league. Lamar Jackson also maybe did the same. He did the same for me in one league. Uh, actually got me a win by 20 points. Um I think the best stat that I saw this uh, come out from this game, Monday night game, is uh, somebody was down 111 points <laughs> and had Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, and Jonathan Taylor going. Oh, my gosh, dude. And came back to win. Wow. So, uh, yeah, if you had Lamar Jackson this week, you he this is the quarterback that you drafted him to be. Obviously, you really enjoy the fact that all of this, the majority of this pe- – came through the passing game uh gives you a ton a ton of excitement there and the fact that the majority of those points came in the second half i think he had 300 plus yards alone in the second half along with the touchdowns mm-hmm. wow dude can i tell you i had lamar I, so i have lamar jackson in one league and yep. i lost in that league i didn't think it was possible <laughs> but a lot of the rest of my team did not play super well and in addition to that i was playing against dk metcalf kyle pitts Oof. and jamar chase oh gosh that's a recipe for disaster. That doesn't take away from how great Lamar Jackson's league was. Uh, a good friend of ours in one of our dynasty leagues, our, uh, our Superflex League, uh, the, our first place team in that league, undefeated, uh, was going into the game thinking, well, I finally get my first loss because he, w- he was down by, pro- I think it was 30, 30 or something points going yeah. in thinking, I've got a chance, but I'm probably, I'm probably going to get my first loss this week. He sure didn't. Still undefeated. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Let's move on to our main topic of the show, navigating bye weeks. 
How do you handle bye weeks? So we're going to give you just a couple rules to live by as you approach bye week season in the NFL. Grant, what's the first rule to live by and how you navigate bye weeks? First rule to live by is always be planning ahead. Mm. Uh, sometimes this is by planning ahead during while you're drafting, uh, potentially mm. spreading out some of those bye weeks or making sure that you just, uh, if you're going to, punt on a week per se um that you um just have that week set in mind and you don't um, freak out when you get there. don't freak out yep, that's exactly. disorienting i've done that strategy before <laughs> and you look at your team and you go i literally don't have enough players to field a starting roster right uh but yeah but it, more than anything you just have to be planning ahead you have to be realizing that yes bye weeks are going to happen they're going to come and you need to be just ready for them to happen so whether that's be you are looking for some players in the weeks leading up to bye weeks to kind of fill those spots maybe make trades to 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 counteract some bye weeks things like that like more than anything you just need to be planning ahead if you can plan ahead you're going to get through the bye weeks okay yeah and another important thing to do is to look a couple weeks ahead on bye weeks and if you have a yeah. roster slot maybe you have an open bench slot that's available because you're able to throw a player on ir maybe you just got a fresh injury yeah. maybe you have a player that has gotten a season-ending injury and is droppable but if you're looking a couple weeks ahead there's every week there are players on the waiver wire oh, yeah. that are really hot ads just because of bye weeks players that are, are maybe streaming tight ends where they're the you know tight end 12 to 15 overall on the season but when you have seven teams on a bye suddenly that makes them a top eight tight end yeah. maybe add one of those players a week or two early and then you don't have to fight because especially if you're one of those teams that is in the upper half of your league you're probably not going to get one of those players on waivers on yeah. one of those hot bye weeks so if you're planning ahead looking ahead comparing your bye weeks and most most fantasy platforms have a way to do this i know espn really well and so that's how i know how to do it but there's on your roster there's a schedule tab where you can see like yeah. every week for the rest of the season or at least the next like eight weeks yeah and you can just kind of scan for when are my key players on a bye this week you don't even have to google all the bye weeks you can just look at your roster when are my key players coming up on a bye week all right, well, I've got one next week. Who might be on the waiver wire right now that I could replace them with? Go and get them a week early, and then you don't have to play that waiver wire scramble the following week. And maybe you can use the waiver wires while everyone else is scrambling to get someone else. You can hang on to that waiver priority, and maybe someone has to drop uh, Maybe someone has to drop Noah Fant because yeah. they needed to pick up another tight end. Maybe you can sweep in there with your waiver priority and pick them up. So plan ahead. Grant, what is the second rule to live by as we as we head into bye weeks? I mean, you got to set your lineup. <laughs> That's the biggest one, dude. Which is like it's it's moderately hilarious while also terrible that so often bye weeks are the reason that people lose weeks because they just forget about them because they just set it and forget it. And forget that they have bye weeks that they need to plan for. And so then they don't come back and move players out and swap players around. Mm -hmm. And 
then you end up going and you're being like, wait, I should have won that week. And then you look at it and go, oh, this person was on a bye. Yep. And it messes with playoff seating when that happens. You yep. maybe maybe would have made playoffs, but a team that had far less points than you happened to play against two teams that didn't start players. Yep. And you end up as the fifth seed instead of the fourth seed because someone got a couple free wins when you didn't yep. or vice versa. Maybe you make it to the playoffs and you snag someone else's spot because you get these free wins and then you just get absolutely stomped in the playoffs. Yeah. So set your lineups. It's just it's it's about respecting your league. Just check. Just check. Check your league. Check your lineup. Check your bye weeks. All right, couple more, just real briefly, some rules to live by. I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be a shorter uh, shorter main topic this week. That's okay, but Grant, what's your favorite rule to live by? Is what I'm anticipating. This this is probably the Grant rule up next. Uh, just remember that you can drop your kicker. Really, it's okay. But Grant, I have the number one kicker in fantasy. I have the number three kicker in fantasy. Don't I want to just bench that player for this week? How many? points is your kicker getting you that's not important they're the number three kicker in fantasy at the end of the day your kicker's not going to get you enough points to completely win your league Mm -hmm. your matchup that week if you have a bye week that you need to deal around and you need to go find a player it is totally all right to drop your kicker to go pick up somebody to fill one of those bye week spots so that you can try to get the most points possible. Yep. And in addition to that, when your kicker is on a bye, you do not need to waste a bench spot no. hanging on to that kicker. Absolutely not. Drop that kicker, pick up a different kicker. If you don't like the kicker you picked up, drop that kicker the following week. You can often get your old kicker back. Yep. If you can't, you can get any other kicker. Any other kicker. Any other kicker. Just go. Don't don't waste a bench spot. Again, unless your bench is just so useless. You you have players going on, yeah. on injury like crazy. There's nobody on waivers you want. But honestly, I would rather have like the 55th best receiver than a right. second kicker. So don't. Don't hang on to kickers and waste roster spots with kickers on bye weeks. Yep. Drop them. Protect your roster spots. It's it, I don't care if you have Justin Tucker. And I, I do have Justin Tucker in a league or two. And you know what I'm going to be doing on a bye week? Dropping him. I'm going to be dropping him. I'm going to be dropping him. All right. One more, one more rule to live by before we get into a little bit of analysis on the upcoming bye weeks. It's more specifically, give me the last rule to live by. If you're going to be trying to wheel and deal and make some trades, you got to factor bye weeks into those trades. And what we mean is that you don't want to be trading away guys that have maybe already had bye weeks for guys that have yet to have bye weeks because then you end up having to essentially go through the trouble of finding replacements all over again because realistically mm-hmm. you may have not kept the a lot of the guys that you – had picked up to deal with bye weeks things like that so if you're going to be going into if you're going to be trying to trade like you got to be making sure that you're not getting all the same bye weeks you got to be looking to keep that kind of spread of bye weeks out um so that you aren't 
you don't find yourself with an extra week where you end up with three, four players on a bye week because you traded away guys that have already had their buys. Yep. I mean, and this isn't a hard and fast rule. If the trade is good, the trade is good. Yes. But we bring this up to remind you that it's a factor. When you draft a player, what you are planning on is outside of injury, they're going to play 17 games for your team. And when you, let's say you drafted Stefan Diggs and week seven has passed when the Buffalo Bills are on by, you already had a week without Stefan Diggs on your team. You, without your wide receiver one, you already, you already had that week. You had to deal with it. You had to film. Maybe you won that week. Maybe you didn't, but you've lost your wide receiver one for a week. You're moving on a little bit later in the season, a trade works out where involving some other players too, you end up giving up Stefan Diggs and getting back Tyreek Hill. Yep. You know, overall, I'm super comfortable with that. But the other players involved in that trade matter because Tyreek Hill is on by week 12. So you just dealt with having your wide receiver one on a bye for yep. a week. Now you're going to have your wide receiver one on by again. It's like Stefan Diggs having two bye weeks. So you have to factor that in. Now, again, it that doesn't necessarily mean you can't do that deal because if the Tyreek Hill owner says, I don't want to deal with bye weeks, I'll just give you Tyreek Hill straight up for Stefan Diggs week nine. Oh, yeah, like, I'm dude, taking that I'm taking deal. That. All right, I'm going to do the deal. So it's, it's not a you never trade a player after their bye week, but it's a good reminder that this needs to be a factor. You're yep. buying an extra bye week. If you're trading a player yeah. that's already had their bye week and getting one back that has not, you are trading for an extra bye week. So the other pieces in that deal better be good. The value above replacement needs to be good on the games that you do have them for, knowing that you're essentially losing one more game as yep. with a wide receiver one. Yep, exactly. All right, well, let's move on to a little bit more specifically looking at some of the bye weeks that are coming up this year. So we're, we're going to highlight what what we're kind of thinking are the best bye weeks for your fantasy team and the worst bye weeks for your fantasy team. <laughs> Grant, do you want to look at the, the rough weeks or do you want to look at the weeks that aren't so bad first? I, f- I feel like we should just look at the rough weeks to get, let's it, get out it out of the way. Because really we're some of these these rough weeks that we're going to go into are rough and so you're going to really kind of want to give some like good vibes for the weeks that aren't so bad yep all right cool we're gonna we're gonna start on a bad note we're gonna end on a good note so the first week that i would like to nominate here as the worst bye week yeah in in this season maybe in the past few seasons for fantasy i would have to go i would have to go back over and look at some previous years week seven this is next week and so this is why i'm saying plan ahead because next week people are going to be scrambling 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 next week week seven of the nfl we have the buffalo bills the dallas cowboys jacksonville jaguars man the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. No, I'm not done yet. And what? the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wait, you got six teams te- on by. Six teams on six by. Six teams next, on next by. Week? Bills, Cowboys, Jags, Chargers, Vikings, and the Steelers. I mean, 
this is like this is probably the worst week out of the group because those six teams, well, five and a half really. Let's talk, like we'll 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 call the Jaguars half a team because yeah, that's you're fine. probably only starting like James Robinson, but. Mm-hmm. Like those five, those other five teams are some heavy hitters. Guys like Josh Allen, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, even Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin. Yeah. Like week seven is going to be brutal. Just um, off the top of my head, I'm seeing five running backs that you're starting. Yep. I'm seeing at least probably four quarterbacks and ten wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, plus. A handful of tight ends. Tight ends. I, this is just. The, I mean, this is probably this is like. Brutal. This is probably like a, a fifth or a sixth of starting <laughs> starting fantasy players. Maybe and, not quite and not that just much. Like, not just like middle of the road fantasy players. Like there's there are some top twenty names on these lists. Oh, so many. Almost every. I mean, every team has a top twenty name. That's leaving. I mean, even I almost, the Jaguars, you're losing James Robinson. Yeah. You're losing James Robinson. With the Chargers, you're looking at Eckler, Herbert, Allen, Keenan Allen, Williams. Mike Williams. Jared Cook, even, has been. Yeah, Jared Cook, if you've been streaming tight ends, he's been a really popular stream. Dalvin yeah. Cook is going to be gone. Kirk Cousins has also like been surprisingly yeah. startable this year. I mean, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson going to be gone for yeah. Pittsburgh. Najee Harris. Harris Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. And then basically the entire Dallas offense. Yeah, the entire, even Dalton (laughs) Schultz. Even Dalton Schultz is a hit to your team with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Zeke. You have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Dawson Knox with, if you were starting Emmanuel Sanders, which has, has again, been another surprisingly, he's been startable this year. It's such a huge hit in week seven. So, Looking at some of the bye week targets that are maybe out there, uh, how are you? How are you even approaching some of these weeks? I mean, almost with week seven, like if I've got a bunch of guys with week seven buys, I maybe have already planned for this and knew that they were all going to be on buy on week seven and was just planning on punting that week anyways and mm. having my the 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 main core of my team set for down the stretch. Yeah. Like that's, that's almost what you have to do with week seven. If you have a bunch of guys from these teams is you just have to punt on week seven and just be like, you know what? If I take the loss, I take the loss. If I manage to squeak out a win, I squeak out a win. But after week seven, I'm set for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean that's that's not a bad approach. There, I mean, there's a realistic possibility that you just took a bunch of players on these teams. Yeah, I, I'm definitely looking over the waivers, and I just went to a random league that I'm in, and looked at like, all right, so who's on waivers in this league? And I found some some huge names that people have apparently <laughs> dropped. So I got a little distracted just there for a second. <laughs> You're in this league, so I'm not going to read these names off. Oh, oh on. my gosh. Give me give me one name. Uh, one name I will give you is Jacoby Myers. <laughs> and he is like the third most exciting name on this list. <laughs> um, wow. So then that's the thing. 
like go check your waivers ahead because you know what's going to be happening next week is people are going to be going to the waivers and they're going to be scrambling to pick people up and they're going to be the ones going wow that player's available that's crazy so you be the one that does that you get your players ahead of time yep uh i'm losing my mind right now on this i need to we need to move on to the next week take over and walk us through the next week grant uh, the next week that's going to be rough is going to be week 12, Arizona and Kansas City. Now, you may look at me and go, but wait, there's only two teams. That's not too bad. But you got to realize the two teams that are on a bye. Arizona and Kansas City are two high-powered, high-flying offenses. And if you're going to be losing guys on a bye week that week, that's going to be brutal because you're going to be losing guys like Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, um, Erin, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, um, who's seen a little bit of a revival in Arizona. Like, mm-hmm. these are all names that are going to be on a ton of teams, and you're going to be yep. having to look ahead. You're going to have to be kind of scrambling to kind of fill those spots. Yeah, typically you look at the weeks that only have two teams on by, which I don't know. I, I don't work in the NFL office. Maybe right. there's maybe there's a reason this has to happen. Why did, why did we give six teams in week seven, but then we only gave two teams in week twelve? Like yeah, we there are th- moved like one or two teams there. There are three weeks that have two teams on by, <laughs> but we've got six teams on by next week. It seems like we could distribute that out a little bit, and every week there's either three or four teams on by. Right. Again, there must be some weird schedule thing that makes it that way, or maybe whoever was supposed to confirm the final bye week schedule was uh, was was not in that day, and they just sent it through. Um, I'm gonna jump back a little bit though because I just checked our waiver priority in this league that we're both in, and I have I'm one ahead of you in waiver priority. So I'm just going to say this on the air because it's so wild. Calvin Ridley got dropped. What? Calvin Ridley is available in this league. I'm I'm sorry. What? How crazy is that? (laughs) We've got Calvin Ridley, Jacoby Myers, and Emmanuel Sanders all just sitting here. Wait, and Jalen Waddle's available? And Jalen Waddle. (laughs) I think you found the league. league. don't understand this league oh man all right we're running out of time we're running out of time the next rough week that we will just touch on briefly week 13 is rough for two reasons reason one is there are a lot of good players carolina cleveland green bay and tennessee so you've got sam darnold dj moore you've got kareem hunt nick chubb christian mccaffrey who will probably be healthy by that time derrick henry ryan oh yeah derrick henry the, the packers offense yeah Adams if you're starting Robert Tunyon Aaron Rodgers yep so week 13 is rough for that reason but another thing that makes it rough is week 13 is the second to last week of the regular season of fantasy football before you head into fantasy playoffs and there's wins are really important in the late weeks I understand wins are important all season you always want to win it you'd rather be ahead early than have to make a push late but the amount of times that I have been a win away from getting into the playoffs towards the end of the season and had a really rough week of buys at the end and missed playoffs yeah. because I just didn't have enough solid startable players. Uh, it's happened to me a lot of times since I've been playing fantasy. Yep. So just be aware 
of that and plan ahead. Maybe you want to be one of those guys that, uh, I don't know, maybe you go out and you get Stefan Diggs for Devontae yeah. Adams with, uh, you know, throw some other pieces in there after week seven and don't have to deal with a bye week. Wheel and deal because maybe the other person's yeah. not looking ahead to bye weeks. All right, well, let's uh, let's end on a good note. Weeks that aren't so bad. There's uh, there's three weeks that we're looking at that you just kind of kind of feel okay about. Yeah. Obviously, every week there are players that you're bummed about. Every yeah. team has at least one startable player. Yes, yeah. even the Jacksonville Jaguars I have know. a startable player. Even the Detroit Lions have a startable player. Multiple startable players. Well, poor Detroit Lions. But, but. Some of these weeks just don't strike us as weeks where you're losing a lot of players. Yep. So week six this week. Yeah. Um, Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, the New York Jets, and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, why do you feel is, good about this week? Well, partially because a lot of these teams have been dealing with injuries already. So mm-hmm. it's giving guys who are hurt an opportunity to get healthy for a week. But also, too, because so many guys were dealing with injuries, like you probably weren't starting any of them this week anyways. and You've probably already made other plans for these positions that you had them in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like Alvin Kamara is obviously Alvin Kamara, but he's been a little inconsistent this year. So if your team's been winning without him or if your team's been winning with him, you should be able to win without him for a week. You're losing some other pieces that you like. I mean, like, like we said, they're. There are zero bye weeks that are not frustrating at all. Correct. But in terms of this week, it's a, a handful of players that you're going to be missing. And that's okay. I'm looking at Kyle Pitts finally <laughs> emerged onto the scene as the tight end we all thought he was this past weekend in London. And now he's going to get a week to go think about how good yeah, he is at football. Right. But feeling good about this. All right. Give me, give me, the, give me the last two, Grant. Week 11, you got Denver and the Rams. Now you may be looking at us going, but it's Denver and it's the Rams, but it's only two teams. Um, so you're going to be able to, to to start the vast majority of your lineup. Mm-hmm. You're only going to have to be working, worried about one, maybe two players if you were in a spot with running guys like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Matt Stafford, even mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson if you've been in a pinch this far. Mm-hmm. But even Denver too, like Noah Fant. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, but Noah Fant hasn't been like he's he's been a tight end. No Noah Fant this season equals almost any tight end on your waiver wire for correct. one week. And you're fine. Yep. You're fine with that. There there's not a Denver player this season that I think is better enough than anyone on your waivers that yeah. you're you're that bummed for one week. And obviously Cooper Cup is yeah. gonna be a huge hit to your team. But you probably drafted him as your wide receiver, too. So you're going to have a week with a normal wide receiver, too. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And again, Matt Stafford's been good. Not great. Robert Woods has been inconsistent. So as much as from an NFL standpoint, the Rams offense has been crazy fun to watch. From a fantasy standpoint, there's good players in there that have been fantasy yep. relevant, but you're not losing half your team in week 11. Yep. Final bye week that we're not worried about. And this one, I, I, I was actually surprised writing this one down, right. but, but walk us through it. Week 14, you got Indy, Miami, New England, and Philly. I mean, you're probably a little worried because of Jonathan Taylor. If you've got Philly players like Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, um, Devonta Smith, you're also a little worried. But 
as for Miami, New England, they've been super inconsistent thus far this season. Jacoby Myers has been good, not great. Mac Jones has been consistent, but not lights out. As for the Dolphins, they just can't seem to pick a style to run with. Mm -hmm. So, realistically, at week 14 anyways, unless you are pushing for a playoff spot, you're probably not going to be too worried about week 14. Yeah, and that's one of the one of the interesting things about this week is it is the last week of the regular season, which is usually the most frustrating week when you yeah. have to look at a bye week when you're a game out of playoffs. But like you said, there's not a lot of players that you're missing. You might you might be missing Jalen Hurts. You might be missing Jonathan Taylor. You're totally you may right be, there. Maybe missing four players. Mm-hmm. I think that week out of like out of the, out of those four teams. Is there some conceivable world where a team is relying on Jonathan Taylor and Jalen Hurts? Absolutely. And for that team, it's going to be a really hard week. Yep. But chances are you're you're look, missing one player. And I'm even looking at like a guy like Miles Gaskin. We have no idea what he's going to be yeah. like at, at week 14 of this year. He's been he terrible be- all year. And then this past week, he, he beat his fantasy total on the season in one game. Like. He's he's one of the definition of fantasy frustrations right there. Yeah, it. Uh, I'm looking at the percent started this past week. Uh, nope, I just have percent rostered. It's uh, percent started. Here we go. He was only started in 33 percent of ESPN leagues this yeah, week. He was sitting on a bench in one of my leagues. Well, which he is was sitting on a bench in one of my teams. Which is where he belonged after after this yep. season. After after starting him for three weeks and I'm getting me. At most three points. He dropped 7% in the number of leagues that he was rostered in. And I think that really pissed him off. And so he went out and wanted to prove all those people wrong. Well, I know, right? Well, we hope that you can look ahead and navigate bye weeks effectively. Turn back to this episode throughout the season if you uh, if you need a refresher. Or you could just Google which teams are on bye what weeks. Uh, or you can tune in every week and we will let you know who's on by that week with some, some tips on how to navigate that going through the rest of the season. Yep. But before we sign off this evening, this morning, whenever you're listening to us, let's hit our Sunday superstars. Sunday superstars yep. are when Grant and I highlight a player from this coming week of action that we think will go above and beyond their projection and will help you win your week. And we think you need to start them if you've got them. And if you don't have them, that maybe you should go get them and start them anyway. My Sunday superstar this week is Chase Claypool versus Seattle. Now, I I don't want to overestimate the impact of the Juju Smith-Schuster injury because I don't think Juju was that significant of a piece of their offense. But here is what I know to be true. Chase Claypool is really good at football. And he's had two good games, two bad games this season. But his targets have been relatively mediocre. I also know that the Seattle defense is really bad. Oh, so it's awful. I, I, I don't know that he necessarily should qualify as a Sunday superstar because he went off last week. Finally had a finally had the game we've been waiting for from him. But the Seattle defense is not good. They're they're tw- they've allowed the twenty seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Yeah, and you can beat them deep. Yep, you can beat them deep. So Chase Claypool can can go off. He can get behind that defense. 
I think uh, I think he's going to go off this week. So if if he's in that fringe spot, if he's your wide receiver three and you're deciding between him and maybe one of your running backs, one of your other wide receivers, I think the matchup is there, and he is worth throwing into your lineup. Give me all the Chase Claypool you can this week, and I drafted him in a bunch of leagues, as many as I could. So uh, it was limited by how much I of Deontay Johnson I got to. But if I've got him, I'm starting him. Give me your Sunday superstar this week, Grant. Give me uh, James Robinson this week against Mm -hmm. Miami in London. I mean, for whatever reason, Jacksonville seems to play better when they're in London. Um, But also, too, it seems like James Robinson is showing Urban Meyer that he is the guy that everybody thought he was last year. Uh, Really had an opportunity to do this this last week against Tennessee um, to really get going. And uh, really, really kind of showed us the talent that he is. And so give me against him. Give me him against Miami. Miami really has been hit and miss uh, stopping the run thus far this season. Overall Uh, 31st in the NFL, though, in terms of fantasy points. Yep. Allowed to run. Um, So, yeah. But I mean, give me my give me Robinson. Jacksonville, like I said, seems to always play better in London than they do in Jacksonville. So I'm looking forward for looking for a big game from Robinson. This yeah, week. well, I agree that you should start James Robinson. I felt really bad about my Chase Claypool superstar pick because I was like, that shouldn't count as a superstar. He's like probably, you know, too good to be considered a superstar. <laughs> and then you went and picked a top 10 running back. <laughs> Hey, he's technically he's technically ranked number sixteen by ESPN this week. He in like their in their recommended rankings. That's fine. They can do that in terms of how many fantasy points he's scored this season. He's number ten in in PPR. Uh, so at least I picked a guy outside of the top thirty, Grant. <laughs> but I I will second everything you said about him. That you, you should. This is this is like when uh, when when you really want to hit a home run. There's I don't know if you saw this commercial. Uh, T, I think it was T-Mobile did a commercial about spotty service where Aaron Judge was was giving advice on like how how he gets his head in the game oh, and it, to Stanton, right? Yeah, to to Stanton, and it, it gets all broken up. And what he hears is when you need to build confidence, you you go to a little league game to hit a home run. I feel like that's your James Robinson pick. <laughs> like you just you needed a home run on the Sunday Superstar, so you're gonna you're gonna go hit a just hit a slam hey, home hey, run off of an eight hey, year old. I hit one. I hit one out of the park last week with Dawson Knox. Thank you very much. You did. You did, and I do feel like I need to follow up with our board bet, our uh, our wager player from last week. <laughs> uh, I didn't check after Monday night because I was so so pissed. But um, Damian Williams did he had a good game? He had a good game, and I was feeling really good until I went and counted, and uh, he finished twenty first. <laughs> that was that was before Monday night. Twenty first yes. before Monday night. So. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Well, that's all we have on the show for today. Good luck this week. Good luck navigating the bye weeks. You yeah. can do this. You got this. You got this. Yeah, this happens every year. Hopefully, you were prepared in advance. If not, you still have time to prepare now. Prepare for week seven starting now. Yeah, right. The best way to do that is to continue listening to the 25 yard line. So hit us up 
uh, the 25 yard line at gmail.com. If you have any questions, anything else you want to discuss on the show, any topics you want us to cover, find us on Twitter and Instagram at the 25 yard line. And good luck this week. Peace out, everybody.